Hey, it's Emily Williams, the founder of I Heart My Life and your host of the I Heart My Life show. This is episode 179, How to Transform Your Life and Mindset with Dr. Jay LaGuardia. So I'm so excited to share this episode with you. I have to admit, this is one of my favorite episodes of all time. Dr. J is so incredibly insightful and just such an incredible teacher when it comes to explaining how to truly transform your life from the inside out. He is somebody who radically transformed his mindset as well as his relationships, his businesses, his teams, his financials, and he did it in a relatively short amount of time. Now, what he shares today really starts with this experience he had where his wife came to him and let him know that something had to change. Otherwise, she was going to be leaving. She was going to have to go in a different direction. And that really was the catalyst to him taking a look at why he was the way he was, why he was showing up in a certain way in his relationships and with his team and in his companies. And what he did and how he started to transform was by putting really simple steps in place. And I think that's one of the things that's so powerful about today's episode. He makes this so easy to do. He even has a one-minute mindset shift he's going to teach you. He talks about the steps that he takes every single morning that everyone listening can implement literally starting today. So I'm just super pumped to have you experience all of this content and hear Dr. J's wisdom because he is incredible and I'm so honored to have him on the show to be teaching you and to be supporting you in your own personal transformation. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive in. Can't wait for you to hear all this content and definitely let us know what stands out to you um, as soon as you listen to it and get the beauty and the wisdom from Dr. J LaGuardia. Welcome to the I Heart My Life show, Jay. I'm so excited to be here with you and to learn more about your story and about all of the work that you're doing in the world. So welcome. Thank you, Emily, for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah. So let's go ahead and dive in. I always ask our guests here on the I Heart My Life show to share a little bit about the story behind the success. So why don't you take us back to where it all began and how you got to where you are today? I'd uh, be happy to. So, you know, anybody who's had success in life has had to overcome obstacles. And I'm no different, you know, no special talents, no special gifts, but uh, more of a really um, you know, real commitment to grow. And it all started probably when I was in my teens. Um, I came from a broken family, dealt with a lot of, uh, uh, you know, anger issues from abandonment and so on and so forth. And, and I kind of suppressed that for a really long time. I always felt that it wasn't an issue, but it, but it was. And that suppressing that anger emotion and not dealing with the abandonment um, nearly destroyed my life, almost destroyed our marriage, our business, uh, my relationship with my kids, which, uh, you know, is my highest, always my highest values, my family, especially coming from a broken family. I did not want to leave my kids in the same lurch in which uh, we were, I was left in. And so um, the seminal moment was really my wife came to me, she says, look, I can't handle anymore. Like you need to get some help. Or, you know, I have to go in a different direction. And so a friend of mine, as the universe always does, will present opportunities and the right people at the right time, said to me, he goes, I met this guy and I think he could be uh, helpful to you. He says, you know, I could set up a call for you. And we did. 
And so when uh, I got on the phone, he said to me, he goes, Jay, tell me everything was going on in your life. And I proceeded to tell him for about five minutes, everything that was going on outside me, everyone else's fault, why the business was struggling, why my relationship with my wife was struggling, you know, all these things that I never took ownership for. And it was a cathartic experience. And when I got done, you know, I felt better. But there was this long pause, like I almost thought either hung up or he fell asleep. And I said, oh, are you still there? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, Jay, I know exactly what your problem is. And I said, great. Finally, someone's going to tell me what I need to do. And he said to me, he goes, your life and your business is waiting for a leader to show up and it's not you. And that was the point in time in my life. I needed to hear that message. It was the first time anybody had held me accountable. And really what he told me was, Jay, it was not about the do, it was about the be. It's about who you are that, that determines how well what you do. And so that started a whole process of introspection, reflection, self-awareness. And I really dove in for about three or four years of personal development. Well, I, I, that's what started. I've been doing it ever since, but really diving into what is this thing about personal development. And uh, the the initial... Um, the, the initial habit I call the success habits that really began to change everything was meditation because it allowed me to become quiet and go within and listen to that voice within and try to figure out where is this anger coming from? I'm an eight Enneagram. If, if your audience knows the personality typing of the Enneagram, it simply means that when I'm stressed, I always revert to anger. So it's my natural uh, default mechanism, but mine was way over the top. And so the meditation really helped me get to where it was coming from. And it was this issue with my dad that I never resolved. And after about six months, everyone around me began to notice a significant shift in me. In fact, people would come up, friends would come up. Of course, my wife noticed it as well, too. And I felt different as well, too. And that's when I really committed to the success habits that I've implemented in my life, that I've shared and taught with other people whether it's making personal improvements, health improvements, relationship improvements, business improvements, and uh, I've owned it and lived it ever since. That's such an incredible journey. Thank you for sharing that. I'd love to kind of dissect a little bit of this. So if you're willing to share, I'd love to know what was, how was the anger or the resentment or the lack of um, resolution with the situation with your dad? How was that showing up in your life? Was it, was it, the piece that you just described around kind of resentment and not taking ownership for things happening in your life? Or what did it really look like with your family and with your friends? Yeah. So particularly with my business, um, I didn't lead. I was tyrannical, right? It was the, it was the, the hammer approach. Uh, and I took the same approach at home. You do as I tell, you know, it's my way, the highway, I know better, you know, it's all ego driven. And so I was, you know, um, very volatile. The the slightest little things would set me off. And even the closest people around me who loved me, you know, didn't want to be around me. So, (laughs) and of course I thought it was them, Uh, but then I began to realize it was me reflecting back. And so it was just, I was not pleasant to be around. Um, You know, I wasn't someone who people wanted to spend time with. And we had a high turnover rate in our business, and you know uh, we weren't we we weren't executing our our goals in our business. 
And it was because I just wasn't the right leader because uh, I didn't understand what leadership was. I didn't know what it looked like because leadership is a skill set like anything else. And uh, so I had to learn, but first I had to start with humility and understanding that it starts with me and I had to take ownership of that. And so, you know, you had mentioned resentment, certainly abandonment, and never really facing the core issues that would create this emotion, this this underlying anger that existed in every aspect of my life. Yeah, thank you for describing that. I was just curious to know a little bit more. And so when you started to get into meditation, what did that look like? And the reason I'm asking before you answer is because I know a lot of people hear about the concept of meditation, and then they try and put it into practice in their own lives. And they either feel like it's too hard, they don't know if they're doing it correctly. So can you describe your process and experience with that? I'd be happy to. First, let me say there's no perfect way to meditate. And so anybody who's had struggles meditating, um, fear not, um, don't feel like there's this perfect formula to meditate. But with that said, it was another seminal experience in my life. You know, when we were going through this, I was experiencing a lot of depression because my life was just unraveling in, in, in every way, shape or form. So one afternoon, uh, my wife said to me, she said, uh, let's take our daughter, uh, our oldest daughter to the bookstore because we'd love to read books at night. And when I walked into the bookstore, I can't explain it. I was immediate, immediately drawn to a certain area of the bookstore that I had not been, fo- been to, and not only to a certain section, but a specific aisle, and then, this, and then the, the lowest shelf on that aisle, and there was a tape cassette, because this was back in 1991, from Deepak Chopra, and it was on the, the healing benefits of meditation. And so whether you call it the hand of God, I really felt like it was God speaking to me, that, that internal voice saying, this is where you need to go. This is what you need to purchase. And I took it and went home and I began to listen to it. So it was a guided meditation is the first way it began. And so I had no idea what meditation, I mean, I understood, learned and, and, and heard about meditation, but I didn't know about the practice of meditation. So the first one Um, that particular tape was um, a guided meditation. So I I just listened and I followed and I I visualized and and I began to ask certain questions and just open my mind to the messages that that was coming. And I think that's the key when it comes to meditation is to not resist your thoughts, but embrace your thoughts. You know, whether they're something you want to focus on or not in the present that's something you can decide. You can choose to take that thought and either focus on it or what I do metaphorically is take a thought that I don't want to focus on that time for some reason that came to my consciousness, but I'll take it and like literally put it in like a file in my mind and put it in the back of my mind, something I'll get to later and I'll just keep observing my thoughts. So when you stay focused on your breath and stay focused on your thoughts, Eventually, what begins to happen is your mind and brain waves begin to slow to the point where the thoughts begin to slow down. And Wayne Dyer says it's the gap between our thoughts in which God speaks to us. And so therefore, that's when the internal voice, that a divine voice that exists within each and every one of us can be- begin to express itself. And over weeks and months, I began to hear different messages about, you know, what it is that was important to me and what it is that I needed to do to improve myself in my life. Do you mind sharing what some of those messages were? Yeah. 
one of them was, <laughs> you know, it's talking about where that anger was coming from was I needed to resolve this conflict um, that I had with my father um, about, you know, why he abandoned us at the time. And, you know, as a young boy trying to, you know, conceptualize, why would he leave me? You know, what did I do? So I thought that the divorce was, you know, something that I created. So I had to come to the realization it wasn't about me. It was about him. But I own the emotion to it. I made it about me. So one thing was is to let it go that it wasn't about me, but really to address it with him. And the fact is, is um, after one particular meditation, like I was so emotional, all this flood of emotions were coming about, you know, past memories and so on and so forth. And I began to journal afterwards. Um, and I, and thankfully, this was on a weekend. And I journaled for over two hours. And I wrote a 12-page letter. And when I got done, uh, I gave it to my wife. And I said, I'm going to send this to my father. And she said to me, she, 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 she read it. And she looked at me cross-eyed. She goes, really? And I said, yeah, why? She goes, please do me one favor. I said, sure. She said, read this at least for three days. And after three days, if you still feel like you need to send it to your dad, then do so. But, but please read it three days. So I did. And um, by the third day, it did not hold the same emotion or energy that it did before. So in other words, I had to express it, get it out, get it on paper, process it, reread it. And then after a period of time, as I mentioned, uh, not that I was over it, but it didn't have the same power that it did. And I'm really grateful I didn't send it because it was likely that letter would have, you know, prevented us to have any future together. And now we've got a great relationship together. I never told him this story. So if he happens to catch this podcast, he'll, he'll, uh, he'll know the crux of the issue. But, uh, um, but that was, that was a really major change for me. And, and from there on, then there were other things. I began to visualize about my business. I began to visualize about my relationship. What did I want my relationship with my wife and my kids to look like? Because if we can't see the end, we don't know how to start. And so that's where the power of meditation really came because I was able to visualize in great clarity using all senses how I wanted each area of my life to look like. And then naturally, the universe then conspires to create the circumstances, situations, and people to attract those things into your life. And not just attraction, but give you clues on what to do and how to proceed moving forward. I think that last piece is so powerful. We often say at I Heart My Life that success is not about just meditating at the top of a mountain. You actually have to take the action. And of course, you've just described meditation so beautifully and you've showcased its power. But like you said, it is able to kind of quiet the mind enough so you can hear all of that guidance and then actually take the action and move forward. And so I'm curious to know what sort of guidance did you get and what sort of action were you being called to take? Clean up my life, you know, um, you know, heal myself, um, you know, treat my wife and my kids the way they deserve to be treated. Uh, to develop myself so I can build my business, develop my team, empower my team, create a vision around our business that everyone can coalesce around that was passionate about it. And the fact is, when, you know, and this took time, but as I did, being the leader within the business, the business tripled in two years. 
so, and, and it was a very successful business prior to that. So that was a, that was a significant growth. And really the only change, Emily, was me, the leader at the top, how I showed up. We made some tweaks here and there, but it really was about the environment, the culture, and the people that we attracted into our business. Mm, so interesting. So I'm super fascinated by all of this because I feel like this is a great conversation for me to be having with you right now. We spent all of last year building our team and really getting that foundation in place and getting that support there. And we started to think more about what the culture is and you know what my role as a leader actually looks like. So can you share with me and also with the audience, was there anything leadership-wise that you learned that made a big difference? I know you've already mentioned a couple of things in terms of not being, you know, the one who's um, just giving out orders and things like that. But what did you actually learn and implement that made such a difference for you and your team? There's some really important keys for me for leadership. It could be different for others. But for me, first and foremost, I had to be humble and accept all things that existed were a direct reflection of me, how I thought and the actions that I took. In other words, I could no longer pass on the responsibility to other people. Because when you do so, you give up the power to change. So the humility to accept all things in my life were a direct, direct reflection of me. Number two is vulnerability. Uh, prior to this shift that I made, it was all ego-driven, right? I, I was very apprehensive. In fact, I would not um, show any weakness. I thought weakness, showing weakness, was a sign of great weakness. But it's just the just the opposite. When you show vulnerability to your team and you let them know you don't have all the answers, you let them know that you know you're in this with them and you're learning along the way, and I can learn just as much from them as they can learn from me. Then there's a sense of trust that is built, which is which is the third element. It's a level of trust where you know your people and, and, and not just as whatever their job description is and, and how they're serving the business, but know them as true authentic people and what's important to them and what their value system, which leads to step number four, is bringing people on that match your values, the values of the business, the values, my, my values. When you have similar values with the people that you bring on, the energy and the fuel that that creates is exponential. And then coalescing, as I mentioned earlier, around a core purpose that everyone is so passionate about, is so focused on, that the little things no longer become obstacles to growth. That, you know, in our culture, it's there are no problems, there's only solutions. And so when we shift our mindset from adversity, to opportunity to solve problems, it completely changes the way we do business, the way we look at things. So those are the five keys. There's others, but I would say those are the five keys of leadership that I learned that radically transform myself and our businesses. And what would you say, how did you start to identify what people's values were you know, before they even got into the company? Is that possible? Were there questions you asked them? I'm curious to know a little bit more about that. Yeah. From the start, it was very difficult. Um, You know, we 
developed a process of going through certain questions like it's like what's important to you when you're not working that you enjoy doing the most you know and a lot of times you know you'll hear you know i like exercising or fitness is important to me or i love spending time with my dog or my cat or you know obviously spending time with my spouse or my children so you can based on how you formulate the questions during the on or the interview process you can get a core sense of what their values are and then prior to making the final decision we share our values with them and we want to know which of these values resonate the most and give me three reasons why that is so there this way like if if they were to give you three examples of how this value is important to their own life it's it's hard to fake it after one you know what I mean? There has to be real, some real meaning beyond it once you go beyond the you know first example or so. So that's kind of a, a roundabout way, the way we help identify what the uh, value system of the people that we're bringing into our culture. And, and I'll add that we mentioned this word before, um, and I became very passionate about culture because I saw what it did in our main business and our other businesses. I began to teach culture. Um, to other businesses and organizations. In fact, we started a corporate culture training company. That's how passionate I felt about it. Um, making sure that, you know, the four pillars of a business, that everyone knows what those are. Tony Shishet, who um, unfortunately just passed away in December, who was the founder of Zappos, had built a company um, prior to Zappos that became a multi-billion dollar company. And uh, in three years, it had grown so quickly that they had lost the culture because they were hiring simply based on skill sets. And what he realized, it was easier to sell that company and start another company than to try to change the culture around, you know, because it had gotten so far off course. He did. And then, of course, they created Zappos. And most people know what uh, what that entailed and the success they had there. And he had mentioned, he said, the most tattered piece of paper in your organization should be your core purpose, your core mission, your core values, and your core beliefs. Everyone should know them. They should be repeated almost on a daily basis. And every core, every core decision that you make moving forward needs to align with these four pieces. Mm, that's so amazing. Thank you for sharing that. And I'm curious to know a little bit more in addition to meditation and um, you talked about you know healing some of the past trauma with your father and taking ownership and responsibility for things in your life. I know you've mentioned Wayne Dyer, a few other amazing thought leaders already on this episode. So was learning from teachers and studying, was that a big part of your transformation as well? Without question. Um, you have to put time and the effort in. You have to really want, because it can be hard, um, <laughs> going within and dealing with the issues that... Uh, you know, that uh, we've dealt with, we, when we all have them, it is not fun. I mean, it's painful. But I'll tell you what, I am so, so grateful for going for, through that pain because I'm by far a much better human being than I was, you know, prior to that. And so the transformation process is in learning these habits, these success habits, and then applying them into a, I'm a simple guy. Like, so I like routines and processes. So I have my daily process, my daily success habit processes that, that I uh, engage in each and every day. And so this becomes my, um, my jump off point for each day of setting my mindset, starting with attention, making sure that I'm consciously aware of what I'm putting out, leading with intention. 
Um, and I do that each morning by knowing how I want to show up. I got a meeting or a call or a sales, whatever it might be. How do I choose to show up? How do I choose to show up for your show, Emily, today so I can bring the very best of myself for you and your audience so I can have impact? So it's being intentional with those things. And and um, so, like I said, a simple guy, I like simple processes. And I've been doing this now for 30 years. And I don't, I will never... My, my belief is we're never a finished product and that there's always more to learn. There's always great mentors out there, books, podcasts, CDs, seminars, webinars. I've done them all. I mean, I bet you I was conservatively thinking this last year as I working on my new coaching this year. I bet you I spent well over $300,000 on coaching in my lifetime. And I'll continue to reinvest because my belief is the ROI on investing in you is anywhere from 10 to 25 times of what you spend on the coaching because I've experienced it. Oh, totally. I definitely resonate with that. James and I added it up and we've spent over 500K in the last five years alone, <laughs> which is a lot, <laughs> but it has been worth it. It's been so incredible and created, you know, not just fast growth, but what I believe is lasting change. But you have to obviously continue to do the work and continue to show up and you know, I'd love for you to reiterate what the three things are that you said you do every single day. So you said set your mindset. Is that the first one? Yeah. So each morning I start with um, immediately what I'll do is um, I'll read a passage from a book that I'm reading or like I always go back every year. One of my favorite books is The Dynamic Laws of Prosperity. I have lots of them, but The Dynamic Laws of Prosperity of Catherine Ponder. I grew up you know, in a very modest, you know, low income environment. So I had, you know, um, a lack poverty mindset. And I didn't know that you can shift your mindset, uh, that there's, you know, in her book, Catherine talks about the 18 principles of the dynamic laws of, of prosperity. So I reread these principles and, and, and it shifts your, your energy, your tone, your focus, everything into abundance and really, I want to tell, and I can't emphasize this enough to your audience, is that you can't create wealth out of scarcity. And you have to learn how to, sh there's literally steps how to shift your mindset that you can open up the flow of abundance in your life. And it could be in your health or your relationships, not just financially, your business, things of, of, those, of those sorts. So in the morning, I'll read a passage. I see something like maybe I'll read Dynamic Law 16. And what I'll do is, when I start to meditate, as I go through the different um, brain waves, when I get to theta, which is just before sleep, so it's everyone kind of knows what that feels like. So there's there's beta, which is consciousness. Um, there's uh, alpha, which is just below consciousness, where you're you're you know you're kind of in a conversation, you zone off, you're there but you're not there, and then there's theta, and theta in meditation is where the brain is at its greatest autosuggestive state where you literally get into the subconscious and you rewire the brain so it fires differently and as the brain fires it wires which means as you put new thoughts in and visualize different things the brain creates new networks and that becomes then your dominant network and your brain will then fire off that way that's how you change a negative mind to a positive mind so i start to meditate and i'll visualize and think about the passage and sometimes I'll meditate for 10 minutes, sometimes 20, sometimes an hour, whatever I have available. So again, there's no perfect time or way to meditate. Five minutes sometimes I get in, that's fine with me. 
And then when I get done, done meditating, sometimes I'll go back to read, but a lot of times I then I'll read my goals and then I'll journal. Um, either on my day as far as what the most important tasks I need to complete or maybe a thought I had during my meditation. Sometimes I get inspirations of content or, you know, whatever, you know. And so that's kind of the three steps that I take each morning. Amazing. And when you say your goals, is it your goals for the day or do you set annual goals? What does that look like? Both. So my daily goal, and then uh, I'll look at, uh, you know, my quarterly goals. I don't go out beyond the quarterly goals. Uh, when it's, my experience is the further you go out, um, the, the we can get lost in the distance on, on our goals. So I like to, again, simple guy, I like to chunk it down to small three-quarter, um, three-month, one-quarter blocks because I can wrap my head around. I, I know what I need to do to get to that point. And are they financial goals, personal goals? Can you be more specific? Sure. So I set goals always in my family, you know, family goals. And this would be our fun, our travel, uh, fun and travel are very high values. So at the end of the year as a family, we sit down and we go through our, our values. We reassess our values. What's our top value? And we always do our top five values. Because from that, that's how we set our goals. Once we know our values, and this is another mistake a lot of people make or maybe have not heard, is that you really should set your goals based on what your most important value system is. Because if it's family, then I know, okay, I want to prove and work on my relationship with my wife this year. I want to take more time with her. We want to travel more. Or, you know, I want to do more spontaneous things this year with her to make her feel valued. So, so family. Um, business goals certainly is, is, is well too. And in business, there's always business and then financial goals, including, so whether it's debt reduction or wealth accumulation, or, you know, we're going to, uh, do something as it relates to, um, donating, um, this particular year, how much we're going to donate from our, from our income this year, uh, then always, 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 always fitness, you know, and then, and then, um, um, growth. So that's what do I learn? What, what do I want to learn this year? Uh, could be a new skill, could be a course I want to take, could be a new coach I need to hook up. Sometimes I'm not so clear. In other words, I want to learn X and I don't know how I'm going to learn X, but I put it out there and then always, right? X shows up, either the person or the message or whatever. And then I know where I need to go. I really trust in the universe to send me signals because when you're open to it, there's opportunities and signals that come around all the time. But if we're not aware, we're not conscious, we miss them. And that's when we miss opportunity. And that's where we stay. And I like to talk, talk about those three types of people, right? There is those who, who are devolving. And unfortunately, last year, so many of us devolved into a level of fear. And you can never grow in fear, right? Fear creates paralysis. Besides, fear comes from your limbic system, which is a small portion of your brain, which inhibits the prefrontal cortex, which is the logic portion of your brain. So you can't even think straight when you're in fear. And then there's those who revolve. Those are, that's a greatest percent of our population. They're on a hamster wheel of life, right? They're doing the same thing day out, year after year. They want more, but they don't know what to do to get more, whatever, whatever more might be. And then there's this small percentage who are evolving. I like to say that it's roughly about 10% of us who are conscious, who are intentional, 
who are taking life, who are only focusing on the things that they control. They have written goals. They have an incredible network of people who build up, build them up in strong and noble thought. And so my ambition has, has been, and that's why I love doing what I do. You love doing what, what you do is helping those people to transition them from devolve, revolve into evolution. So we can, we can reach our highest self. Oh, that's so beautiful. Thank you for explaining all of that. And I know there's one thing I want to ask you about um, before our time ends here. You mentioned that one of your your traits is that you love things to be super simple and just broken down. And I know you have your one minute mindset shift. So can you talk to us a little bit about that? I'd be happy to. When I was going through all that transition and turmoil, um, and there was one particular book that really kind of brought this to light and then I kind of put it into my own process. And now it's the habit of being you. Um, uh, that's uh, by Dr. Joe Dispenza. And what I learned is, is that when we shift our mindset and focus, we can shift our energy, we can shift um, um, our intention and therefore how the world reflects back to us. Because I got to make this point, it's really important. <clears throat> the world around us reflects us. If we don't like the world around us, we have to change us before the world around us can change. And uh, the honest thing is we're not really changing the external world. What we're doing is changing our perception of the external world. And therefore, the world shows up differently. So the one-minute mindset shift is very simply is this. It's if I get angry, and I still get angry, you know what I mean? We all experience the, the spectrum of emotions. They're normal. Now, low-tone energy is like, apathy and depression and anger and anxiety. These are low tone uh, emotions. When we experience this, these, again, they're normal. I ask myself this question, how long do I choose to be present in this emotion? Because they don't feel good. No one likes to be angry or in fear, whatever the case may be. At least I hope not, right? And so I ask myself, what am I feeling? So identify the step one, identify the emotion, anger, fear, whatever, right? Step two, I want to ask myself is, where am I experiencing this emotion? Here's why. Thoughts are language of the brain. Feelings are, are the language of the body. When we have a thought, it's expressed physically. So when I'm anxious, what do you feel? Rapid heart rate, sweaty palms, tension in your back or neck, you know, jittery, whatever the case may be. So there's a physical manifestation to the thought. So now I know what I'm feeling and where I'm feeling it. That's step two. Step three, it always takes longer to explain than do. <laughs> step three is how do I choose to feel? How do I want to feel? Another important thing people need to understand, emotions are choices. Emotions are choices. So I'm going to choose what I want to experience. So for me, when I'm feeling angry, there's two opposite emotions I, I choose, either serenity i.e. calm, or love. And so step four then is to recall a moment in time in my life, a memory where I was experiencing nothing but unconditional pure joy or love. So for me, it's like birth of a kid, you know, one of my kids are, you know, meditating on the beach, you know, uh, in Hawaii, whatever the case may be. So I put myself back in that place in time based on the motion that I want to experience. Here's what happens. There's an instant neurophysiological shift in your brain, and therefore, 
within a minute or two, there's a physical manifestation change in your body. And that's how you shift in one minute the four steps to change your mind so you can change your destiny. Ah, thank you so much. That's incredible. And I know exactly what you mean. Sometimes it it takes much longer to explain something than actually do it. But as people practice this, they'll see that it becomes more natural and more automatic and they can go through those motions. But I think that's such a beautiful way of describing that process. And for me, it kind of takes me back to when I was living in London And the first year that I was there, I was in a major quarter life crisis. And I ended up hiring somebody um, who was a happiness coach. And she was the first person who told me I could actually choose my thoughts. And that was such a foreign concept, even though I had spent four years studying psychology, and I had grown up with some level of personal development, this was like a huge aha moment for me. So I love how you describe that and really allowed us to see how we can take our power back and take ownership of what we're experiencing and shift it really easily. Yeah. And and you're right. With practice, it becomes much quicker and you see and notice the shift much quicker, like anything, right? It's going to feel uncomfortable the first time you do it. But if you commit to it, it's really worth it. Love it. And can you tell us a little bit about your company that you have now? I'm not sure if you have multiple companies, but I, the one I know is your Power, Passion, and Prosperity brand. Can you talk a little bit about the, that brand and the work that you do, as well as the summit that you have coming up that I know my husband James is a part of and very excited for? Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, I, uh, I was a chiropractor for 25 years, and uh, uh, when, I, when I turned 50, it was a funny story. when. Uh, the first day we went into our practice, I turned to my wife and I said, I don't know what. And I was 26 at the time. I said, I don't know what. But when I turn 50, I won't be doing this anymore. And it's not because I'm not passionate about chiropractic. I absolutely am. Um, the life-changing benefits, I've seen what it's done for our family. But I just knew there was a higher calling. But I just trusted in the universe. And so um, probably about six or seven years prior to that, people started to reach out, hey, how did you build you know, these big businesses. And then we built a property development company and fitness company and blah, 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 blah. Right. So I just, I kind of like starting stuff and, and creating. And uh, so I started to coach and, and I did it for free because of my friends. And then I realized, you know what, this takes a lot of time, energy, there's a lot of proprietary information. So my, my, my time obviously is worth, uh, is very valuable. So we turned it into a consulting company. Well, shortly thereafter, I, I retired. I had this epiphany. I was meditating one day, and this thought came into my mind. I said, if I had to describe the three things that have been the greatest influence in my success, what would they be? And it is, it's passion, it's prosperity, and it's about empowering your mindset. So that's how the Power, Passion, Prosperity brand began. And then we built a podcast with it, uh, a consulting company. Um, we're now, um, we've moved into our health and fitness aspect side of it because it's about, you know, uh, the mind, body, the spirit and the finance side. So we, we really, the, tr- what we call the triple P life is about integrating these things into, um, because some people have a great business, but their health is really bad or they've got great health, but they're struggling in business or professionally, or the relationships are really terrible. So it, you know, it really helps adjust or, or, or focus on the specific needs that the individuals need as far as where they want help and grow and expanding their life. So, um, so thank you for mentioning it. 
uh, Power, Passion, Prosperity podcast with Dr. J. Uh, and the website is powerpassionprosperity.com where you can learn more about what we're doing. And you mentioned uh, our virtual kickoff summit, which is coming up. And I'm so grateful that James is joining us because he's a wealth of knowledge. I just love him. And he get, brings great energy. And I know people are just going to absolutely love what he's got to say. Um, but people can go to the website, powerpassionprosperity.com and go to the shop tab and learn more. Um, this is going to be released, as you mentioned, after the summit is over, but we're going to have an opportunity to go back and, uh, um, and, and go to the playback option. And what I'm really recommending for people is to bring it to your team, to your business, to your organization, to your family, and listen together and listen to each of the presenters talk about their zone of wisdom. And therefore, then after each presenter is to take one or two gems away, something that you learn that can help you improve your life or your business, and then kind of have a little mastermind about it. Because I always say that great content should flow through us, not to us. And that's what I love doing is about empowering people. And, and it's like what you're doing, Emily. I mean, you're amazing. I mean, the, the, the information that you're providing, the value that you're creating for your audience, for your fans is just over the top. And it's, it's this stuff, the content we discussed today is needed more than ever in our world. And if we're going to shift the collective consciousness of the world. We need more people like you, more people like me, and other people out here that are doing stuff like this if we're really going to change the world because we're never going to change it in the, presence, in the presence and dominance of fear. Yeah, so true. And yeah, thank you so much for, for your kind words. And um, your work is absolutely incredible. Obviously, I completely agree in the holistic perspective of not just helping people with businesses, which is a lot of what we do at I Heart My Life, but supporting them with their mindset, with their health, with their relationships. Because if one is suffering, you know, that's not actual true happiness or success. And there's so much potential there and available for all of us to have, you know, the complete picture and to have everything that we desire. And so, you know, I can't even imagine what your life looked like in the early 90s before you went through this big transformation because I can tell how passionate you are about this work and you you know this has been, have been has been one of my favorite episodes you are such um a gift and your knowledge is is amazing so I'm so excited to keep following you in the company and keep learning from you as I'm sure my audience is as well so thank you so much for being here and for everything you brought to the show Thank you so much. I'm very humbled by your words. And uh, I, I look forward to, uh, you know, just continue to do what we do, continue to build it out and have a greater impact and, you know, leave a legacy. You know, our lives are not going to be measured about the stuff we acquire. It's going to be measured by the lives that we touch. Exactly. All right. Final question for you, Jay. One of the things we ask everyone on the I Heart My Life show is what is one way people can create a life that's better than their dreams? Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, it's, it's my five keys to happiness and success, and I'll go through them really quickly. Number one is live in the service of others, kind of just what I just said. Two is always, always pursue your passions. I've never met anybody who hasn't experienced success in life who doesn't live with passion. Number three is do what you love, and if you can find someone to pay for it, even better. <laughs> Number four is learn to unconditionally love yourself. As I told you my story, it was really rooted in a lack of self-worth, a lack of self-love. 
And we're suffering greatly as a nation of a lack of self-love because when you love yourself, you can love others. And finally, number five is um, take care of your physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being because you are an example to everyone around you. And when you show up your best, you inspire others to show up their best. Mm, Beautiful. Perfect way to end this show episode. Thank you so much, Jay. Super grateful for you. Can you let us know what the website is one more time and anywhere else people can find you? Sure. So Facebook and Instagram at Dr. Jay LaGuardia, L-A-G-U-A-R-D-I-A. And the two website is thetriplepilife.com and powerpassionprosperity.com. Thank you. Amazing. Well, we're wishing you the best for 2021 and beyond. And like I said, I'm going to be following you. And definitely for everyone listening, check out the summit replays. It's going to be incredible. The lineup is amazing. And I love how it covers so many different areas of success and happiness and abundance, all that good stuff and everything we've talked about here today. So thanks again, Jay, and I'll talk to you soon. So I hope you love today's episode. I'm sure that you are blown away by all this incredible wisdom. And if that's the case, make sure you send this to somebody who needs it. This is information that all of us can implement in our lives. So I know you know somebody who needs this content. Make sure to send it to them. Share the I Heart My Life show episode with them so that they can also receive the benefits that you got today. And if you're interested in working on yourself and transforming your life, transforming your business, This is what we do at I Heart My Life all the time. And we work with people in a very holistic way. It's not just about your business. It's about your relationships, your health, your mindset, your bank account. All of it is equally as important to us. So go to iheartmylifebooking.com, book a call, learn more about working with us by jumping on the phone. We'll have a clarity session with you and give you the support that you need to get the results that you want in your life. We hope you love this episode. Thank you so much for being an avid listener of the I Heart My Life show. Take a second and leave a review. It would mean so much to us and we read all of them. And for further inspiration and life and business tips about creating a life that you love and achieving massive success, definitely follow us at I Heart My Life on Instagram and at I Heart My Life Now on Facebook. See you next time.